It's the time of year when we're all thinking about goals and priorities. Now is the time to plan your next trip. Whatever kind of travel fills you up, whether it's lounging on the beach, connecting with family and friends, or going on a foreign adventure, Expedia has the tools you need to plan a great trip. Download the Expedia app or visit Expedia.com to start planning. You do need to be a OneKey member to use price tracking. Signing up is easy and free. Expedia, made to travel. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card, you call the number for help, and can't get a hold of anyone. If you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right, a real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and I'm truly delighted to bring you a new weekly podcast series from someone I believe is one of the great spiritual teachers of our time, Eckhart Tolle. For the first time, the Essential Teachings podcast by Eckhart is the home for his groundbreaking wisdom gathered for nearly four decades. I hope this series of Essential Teachings will resonate with you as much as Eckhart's wisdom has with me. Follow Essential Teachings on Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. Transforming our consciousness through adversity. In this episode, Eckhart reassures us that we should not panic when life's difficulties arise because they can become our greatest teachers. He says it's often hardship and suffering that play a critical role in the evolution of our consciousness. Without it, we would not feel the urgency to change, nor would we learn to lead what Eckhart calls an awakened life. Any kind of adversity in your life, whether it's personal, of a personal kind, of a collective kind, the only way for it not to become converted into suffering is for you to go deeper and realize who or what you are beyond the conditioned mind. And uh, the strange thing is that adversity is absolutely essential for the evolution of consciousness. Although it seems to block what one could call perhaps the flowering of your life, it seems to, when you look at it superficially, all of the so-called bad things that happen to you that go wrong, they seem to block you from fully being yourself, fully expressing yourself, being able to do what you want to do. And so this, that's what I earlier called sabotage, that is experienced as life or God, or whatever, trying to sabotage your life, that happens very frequently. But the strange paradox is, if the human being did not experience adversity, the human would not evolve in consciousness. There would be no growing of consciousness. And that's a very strange fact. 
but that does not only apply to humans, it applies to all life forms. Because every life form experiences difficulties, adversity. For every life form, life is not easy. Whether it's a blade of grass that's trying to come up, or a flower, or a fly, or a mosquito, or a fish, whatever it may be, every life form experiences obstacles. And the survival of every life form is precarious. Many life forms survive only very briefly, and then they're gone, because other factors come in, it's gone. A sapling grows out of the seed, or the acorns, the seed. The sapling grows. The chances of a sapling becoming a huge tree are very relatively small, because there's so many factors that could prevent the sapling from growing and it would kill it. Lack of water, all kinds of insects could eat it, somebody could step on it. All, all kinds of things could happen. And yet the world is full of trees, so many make it and many others don't make it. But for every life form, life is a challenge. If it were not, they would not evolve. So I'm sure the reason why certain animals can fly is there was a need for them because if they had not been able to overcome gravity, they would not have survived. There must have been situations when they had to overcome, there was an absolute need to overcome gravity. Fish, they say life developed first in the ocean before there was any life on land. Why would a fish that's comfortable in the water why would a fish decide to suddenly start crawling on land? My theory is there was a huge expanse of water that was gradually, over a very long period of time, diminishing. And so the fish could no longer survive in the water. They had to develop the capacity to crawl on land. Must have been an enormous pressure behind that to force that life form to make that transition. When you look at a bird, the alertness of a bird is so wonderful to see. I love watching birds, but they sit on a branch. You look in their eyes, there, there is an absolute alertness. Why is the bird so alert? Because it could not have survived, but it needed that. Because if it had been a little bit less alert, the birds would have been completely eliminated because they had so many enemies. <laughs> there are many other animals who would only be too happy to eat a bird. And so they had to develop this extreme alertness and they had to develop the ability to fly. It's miraculous. <laughs> to the ability to, to overcome gravity. Just amazing. But why did they develop? Because adversity. You had to. Let's go to human beings. How do you grow a stronger body? You need to exercise. You need to go to a gym or whatever you do. But what, what does that mean? Okay, here's a weight and you have to lift that weight uh, or whatever you do. You're on a treadmill. You are making life difficult for your body. That's what exercise is. You are creating adversity for your body. That's how the body initially experiences it. It's not the comfort zone of the body to lift a weight or to go on a treadmill. <laughs> and so what happens? The body experiences it as a form of adversity, as life is suddenly become difficult. 
But now what happens then? What happens then is that the body is making a demand in order to cope with the arising difficulty. It's making a demand for more energy. The body says, I need more energy. And out of that need, which is created by the adversity, suddenly you experience an influx of added energy in the body. And then actually it can become enjoyable to exercise the body. Why is it enjoyable? Because suddenly there is an added energy that has come in. And this added energy then strengthens the body. The energy would never have come if there had not been a demand for energy, a necessity for energy, because life was getting difficult for the body. <laughs> so there's an evolutionary principle hiding, and just giving one example, there's an evolutionary principle hiding behind there that operates everywhere and on every level. Life has to become difficult in order for evolution to happen. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Let's say a child at school is bullied, so there's the child experiences suffering, experiences life is getting diff very difficult. Now, what does the child do? It could perhaps try to learn a martial art in order to be able to defeat the bully. But on the other hand, this may not be possible. So it could happen then that the child becomes much more focused on learning, focusing mental attention. So the, the child becomes much better at school. It compensates for the physical weakness by developing a stronger, more focused mind. And so then the child would not overcome the adversity on that level where it arose, but overcome, kind of uh, transcend that and overcomes it on another level. This adversity, it forces you to demand more energy. Now, energy can be, there's only one energy in the entire universe. 
It can be a different vibrational frequencies. It can be physical energy that increases as a response to adversity. It can be the mental energy that increases as a response to adversity. Or it can be consciousness that grows as a response to adversity. And that is how humans awaken spiritually, awaken their, their consciousness awakens also usually as a result of experiencing adversity in their lives. There's a famous Latin saying that goes back 2,000 years, per aspera ad astra, which translates as through adversity to the stars. Per aspera ad astra. And so there's a deep wisdom in that. The, the, the vital function of adversity in the development of human beings and ultimately in the development of human consciousness. So to awaken spiritually, in most cases, humans awaken spiritually through suffering, which is encountering adversity. And that's an amazing realization. There must have been some intuitive knowledge of that in going back thousands of years, because in many ancient cultures all over the world, they had initiation rituals that normally adolescents, sometimes also other age groups, but normally the adolescent, the transition from childhood to adulthood, all over the world, Africa, Australia, South America, Europe, everywhere these ancient cultures developed for the adolescent, the one who goes from childhood to adulthood, develop initiation rituals. Now, there are countless forms of initiation rituals, but every initiation ritual was confronting this young person. Often they were done for men, more, more for, but sometimes also for women, confronting the young person with huge difficulty, a huge form of adversity, like to go into the forest and survive there with nothing for several days, confront a dangerous animal, and sometimes it would involve injury of the body, extreme forms of pain. There was an intuitive knowledge, knowing that it is important for human to encounter adversity at this crucial age so that he becomes a, a mature adult who, is, who has a certain amount of inner strength rather than remaining a child into adulthood and behaving childishly even as an adult and not, not having been forced to go deeper by encountering the suffering. And it was a very useful, very extremely necessary function. And after the initiation ritual, if the, the young person survived, he Sometimes she was no longer the same person, was no longer a child. So in a way what the initiation ritual did, it deepened to some extent your consciousness. It not yet didn't lead to enlightenment or full realization, but, but there was a deeper 
human being there after the initiation ritual. There was a certain depth to you. And this is the case in many humans who experience illness, some great loss in their lives, or some other extreme form of suffering. Very often, people have come to me and said, I understand what your teaching is now, but I only understood it after having gone through this suffering that I went through. Some say they became drug addicts, they became alcoholics, then they were led to Alcoholics Anonymous, and suddenly they were over, they were, this huge difficulty in their lives suddenly was, it enabled them to go deeper. And there was a, an awakening of deeper dimension of consciousness that is beyond the ego. Because the ego, in the suffering, the ego experienced diminishment, sometimes even ego death. And that is why it is adversity is so helpful. It's the ego ultimately gets eroded by adversity. And there's a paradox here because quite a few forms of adversity are created by the ego, whether it's the personal ego or the collective ego. For example, the collective ego creates the absurdity of huge warfare between nations. The warfare is, is collective, created by the unconsciousness of the collective ego. And warfare leads to extreme forms of, of suffering for human beings. And quite a few humans, through the suffering, deepen. And the suffering diminishes their egoic sense of self if it doesn't completely eliminate their ego, at least there is a diminishment of the ego, and then there's a certain depth to that human being. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. The worst thing for any human being would be to be prevented from encountering adversity throughout childhood and adolescence, into adolescence. As some parents try to do that. They say you have to protect the child from all possible forms of adversity or difficulty or suffering. And this sometimes is the case with is children born into, into very wealthy family. So they can have anything and they just express a desire and the parents say, yeah, yeah, you can have it. No, I want this. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, have it. We want you to be happy. So the child reaches the age of 17, never encountered any obstacle, any adversity. And this adolescent now has an ego that is entitled completely unaware of the needs of other humans, com completely devoid of any form of uh, empathy with other human beings, completely unable to understand other human beings, to, f to feel other people's emotions, totally self-centered, 
completely superficial, never having experienced any that actions have consequences. And so you have a very low level functioning human being because this human being has never encountered adversity in their lives. And then, paradoxically, because it's not possible for a human being to go through life without encountering adversity, if that happens, then the very fact that this human being has never encountered adversity becomes this human being's greatest form of adversity. He becomes his or her own worst enemy and creates many, whatever relationship they have ends in disaster. They make everybody unhappy around them. Every relationship becomes an unhappy relationship. So here we come to, when I was uh, contemplating adversity yesterday, I suddenly thought of, uh, I want to read to you, really it encapsulates it all. In the Bible, there's a parable by Jesus which goes like this, which really is about the role of adversity and how it can be experienced in one way or another way. So Jesus says, Everyone who listens to these words of mine and does them, that's his teaching, it's a teaching about finding the kingdom of heaven, which is a dimension of consciousness that is within you. Everyone who listens to these words of mine and does them will be like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against the house, but it did not collapse. It had been set solidly on rock. And everyone who listens to these words of mine but does not do them will be like a fool who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and it collapsed and was completely ruined. So the house is, you are the house, it's your life. The key words are here listening to his teachings and practice. Seek the kingdom of heaven that is within you, which means the dimension of consciousness that is beyond the mind, that is the spacious awareness. This man who builds a house, he digs deep. Those are perhaps the most important words in this parable. He digs deep until he finds the, the rock, the foundation. He goes within in order to find that which is beyond the mind in him, in order to find the consciousness that underlies the mind. So it's digging deep is going deep within. You find that dimension that I sometimes call the transcendent dimension in you, and then your life is rooted in the transcendent dimension, which in this parable is compared to the, it's the rock. It's rooted there. Then you lead your life. Then adversity comes, as it inevitably will. And that's symbolized by saying, and the rain fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and beat against the house. Nobody escapes that. Nobody escapes in whatever form it will come. 
if it's not here already. The adversity, the rain, the wind, it beats against the house, the floods come. <laughs> and mostly not just once in your life, they come a few times in your life. And the one who built his house on the sand had no inner depths. The house was built on the sand. So when the adversity comes, total devastation, it devastates you. And this is what it says here in the, the fool built his house on sand, it collapsed and was completely ruined, devastated by, by adversity because it's lacking the depths. You're not, you haven't found the transcendent dimension within yourself. And this is what all spiritual teachings are just about that. Find the transcendent dimension within yourself and then the rains and the floods come, but they won't devastate you. There's something in you that is beyond that. Yes, these things happen, but there's something deeper in you that gives you a permanent sense of peace and rootedness even in the midst of turmoil when turmoil is on the outside. It's sometimes the case that even if you, you don't have it yet, it sometimes happens, often happens, that, that, that when turmoil happens in your life, it eventually drives you deeper to that dimension because you have to go there, because you can't stand it anymore. You can't take the suffering anymore. You have to go deeper, otherwise you just, you might kill yourself or you'd be completely unhappy for the rest of your life or complain about how unfair life is, how things should, this should not be happening to you. So find that rock and so that your life is rooted there. And where is it? Well, it's in the present moment by going deeply into the present moment. I already pointed out earlier that there's in the space of this present moment, a problem cannot survive. Your sense of self, the egoic sense of self, the narrative of me and my problems that you'd have to think about what's going to happen to me or what did happen, also doesn't really survive in the present. In the present moment, what survives in the present moment is your awareness, your consciousness. The personality or the person recedes. Yes, of course, you remember who you are, and if you have to remember your past and you can make plans for the future, but the the, the personality of the person recedes and you realize there's something else that's much more vital than the person. The person couldn't exist without it, is not separate from it. It's the very consciousness that gives rise to, that enables the person to be, but is far beyond who you are as a person. It's consciousness itself. But the simple fact of becoming, if you become conscious of the present moment here, you also become conscious that you are conscious in this present moment. It sounds a little weird, but you can sense if you don't remember your past or think about the future, what's left of you? What's left of you when you don't remember your past and your future, as right now the future is unimportant, there's only this. Who are you without remembering your past? What's left of you, in fact, What's left of you when you're not thinking really, you're just present. What's left of you is the presence. You can't describe it. It's a sense of beingness, a sense of aliveness, a sense of 
I am, but not this or that. I just, I am. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. This being is a deeper dimension of who you are. This being is a transcendent you that which connects you to the totality of all life, of all co of consciousness. That is the rock described in the parable. That's the foundation for your life. So when you are rooted there, then the, whatever it may be, the pandemic, the whatever, any form of illness, the adversity, the adversity, yes, they still arise but they're not transformed into these extreme suffering anymore. There's a place, a deeper place in you where you're free of suffering. And there may be physical pain or physical discomfort. Yes, it can still exist, but you're rooted in the transcendent dimension. That's the that's liberation. And that means, yes, challenges will still arise, but your state of consciousness is very important. What is the state of consciousness with which you meet any arising challenge? That's very important in determining how the challenge is experienced by you, or the adversity, the challenge, how you experience any arising challenge, whether it's financial loss or loss of a loved one, or illness, or financial ruin, collective pandemic, the consciousness with which you confront or meet this, uh, with which you experience whatever it is, determines what it is for you. And the strange thing is, if you are present when challenges come, you're conscious, that, and part of that is acceptance of this, whatever is in the present moment, then you do not amplify the adversity or the challenge. If you are reactive, you amplify it and it gets even worse. You can see that easily when you're confronted with a difficult person, because in many cases, the challenge or the adversity in your life is another, is a difficult human. That's for many people they encounter. They experience life as difficult because human beings are difficult. <laughs> and they say, uh, for many pe people, most of their difficulties are other humans. <laughs> Now, if you, if you are reactive, a, a difficult human is usually an unconscious human. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know that they're creating suffering for themselves and others. They just can't help it because they're in the grip of certain forms of mental-emotional conditioning, which is their ego. So they can't help it. They don't know. But if you react against it, you amplify the unconsciousness and the difficult person becomes even more difficult. And then the difficult person triggers your own unconsciousness. And then you have a huge situation It didn't have to be, but it blew up into a huge confrontation. Drama didn't have to be, but your unconscious, your reaction amplified the unconsciousness. And that can even happen when you experience an illness. If it leads to 
an extreme reaction of, of fear or, or even the feeling that you need to fight the illness. When you fight something, you usually make it stronger. You give it added energy. Illness is best transcended by not developing the, the idea that you are suffering from an illness, but just be with whatever it is you're experiencing at this moment. Discomfort, maybe pain, maybe weakness, maybe in whatever form you experience this, this is what is. And yet you, you, you come to a point of acceptance of the isness of this moment. This is what I'm experiencing. Rather than having an, this mental idea of the identity becomes the illness, and then you're fighting yourself. By accepting this moment, you already come, begin to touch the deeper dimension of consciousness in you. By fighting this moment, you get trapped in the form that this moment takes. By accepting this moment, you connect with the, the transcendent dimension. It opens up, or the transcendent dimension opens up by that acceptance. And very often healing happens by having access to this transcendent dimension in you. Then, ah. So when accepting an illness does not mean accepting the idea that you are ill, that you are an ill person. It only means accept whatever symptoms you feel at this moment. It's important to not make sickness into an enemy and also not make sickness into your identity. Both are illusions. So when there is sickness, do not fight against it. Accept whatever you feel in the body at the present time, in the present moment. Do not accept the idea of sickness in your mind. Don't focus on it. Yes, seek help, whatever help is required medical help, but do not focus on the mental concept of sickness and then begin to fight that. A very powerful healing is initiated when you accept whatever you experience within you at this moment. Surrender to what is. And in that act of surrender or acceptance, something deeper opens up, which is the unconditioned consciousness, the essence of who you are. When you realize your essence identity as consciousness, then the fear of death begins to dissolve because you're able to sense that in you which is beyond death. It in Buddhism is sometimes called Amaravati, which translates as the deathless realm. And Jesus speaks of it and calls it eternal life. They both point to the same reality, which is a dimension of consciousness within you that opens up when you accept this moment as it is. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle. 
Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 